Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, we have a guest from the other side, somebody who does not believe in critical race theory and think it is Marxism. This doctor, woman, doctor, uh, decided that she wanted to discuss it, and I wanted to talk to her because, as you know, what I believe in, talking, talking, talking. I know some of you don't think that it works, but it works. You're going to even see some of it in the discussion when you see that, wow, it's all really a fraud. But that's okay. That is okay. Anyhow, welcome aboard, Michael Rutney, and also known as AVQ. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Of course, we also have Ev- Avery. We have Yvette Avery Herod, welcome aboard. Norman Reynolds, numero uno, numero dos. You're right here. Julie Van Ostel, welcome aboard. Okay, let's start because I got to get into the uh, interview rather quickly because as it turns out, it went a little bit long. You know how it goes when you're talking to some some folks. And I en- actually, I really enjoyed it and I'm queuing it up as we speak. But anyhow, um, Michael Rodney says, secret filming shows GOP congressman saying, Party wants 18 months of disruption. I'm not going to read any more of that because that is one of the things that we are talking about today. In fact, I have that video uh, that I that I did a little piece on today. So hang tight. We're going to talk about that as well. Don't so hang tight with me right there. Okay, the second topic is celebrities urge Biden to halt pipeline through Minnesota tribal lands. The Enbridge Line 3 project would expand capacity and reroute oil through watersheds and treaty-protected tracks. Lane pipe through land that doesn't belong to you without permission of the owners is a breach of treaty. I know our country has a long history of breaching treaties with indigenous people, but that has to stop now. I have to add that a single best use of celebrities' fame is to push forward causes that benefit the people. Yeah, you know what? We talk about the Black Hills. The Black Hills signed, they, the, the suit signed a treaty that says, hey, uh, you moved us away. Okay, well, this is our land now. Okay, we'll, we'll, you, you, we won't touch this land. That's yours. And then they find gold on the Black Hills and, oh, get out of here. Second trail of tears. Back to Oklahoma. We have a history, brothers and sisters. We have a history. British MCP says, July 5th, when a group of white supremacists marched in Philadelphia like they owned it, they didn't account for the people in the city. Around 200 members of the Patriot Front were chased out of town by the people of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who weren't going to put up with extremist right-wing groups trying to push their agendas. The members were not from PA. They came in from Texas. Not shocking at all. Michael Rudnan says 400,000 are on the brink of starvation in Madagascar because of what we wealthy nations have done, failed with global warming. And we really did a whole, we took away, I think they weren't, the, Madagascar, a big mahogany growing place that we just kind of decimated. I'm not sure about that. Notice I always say I'm not sure, but I, that sort of rang a bell. I'm not sure. Check it out for me. Maryland says 100% of residents who died of COVID in June were unvaccinated. Still need a reason to get vaccinated. Well, you know what they talk about? They talk about this stuff called um, uh, the fittest shall survive. What is it? What, what is it called by Dar- Dar- Darwin's theory? You know, well, you know, these people can't learn. One way, they'll learn the other. Eric Adams wins the Democratic primary New York mayoral's race. Er- elect a centrist, get more status quo. I'm not expecting much. Look, I want us to stop that, Michael Rudden, my brother. I want us to start uh, electing who we can elect and then forcing them, as we build our coalition, to be more effective to get what we want to get done. Um, remember, I took back. I want, I want Bernie so bad because what Bernie represents. Okay, I really did. But I have had to call back all that I've said because I've looked at, I've looked at what Biden has accomplished with regards to getting monies for people in need, getting policies for people in need immediately, not some, anything long term. And saw that he was going to be able to get it through. And I wonder, I honestly wonder if we had already built up the wherewithal to have given, let's say it was a, a president, uh, a president, um, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought, a president Bernie Sanders, if that would have been possible. I am not sure. If we are honest with ourselves, 
you know, the politics, I don't know if it's all there for us yet. We have a lot of work to do and we have to go out and do the work. We have to meet people where they are. And that's what I try to do. Not only meeting progressives, not only meeting Democrats, but even meeting people on the right. All right. Another one from Michael Egberto. Mind putting this meme on the screen? Michael strikes again. He wants a meme and he's got a meme. Here you go, Michael, brother Rudnan. I uh, mean, we on American left uh, that others deem radical actually have super majorities polling support. You're absolutely right. And we talk about this all of the times. We have to, have to, have to assert it. We have to assert it. Let's start doing it. Bridge MCP, can you put image on the screen? About a 1,000 people are killed by police officers. Of course, Bridge. Of course, I have it on the screen right now. Uh, that is it. Uh, police officers in the U.S., according to an independent project that tracks police. By the way, when Bridge or Michael Rudnan put give me something, I put it on the screen immediately. They are so far trusted members of the PDR posse that I know they have done their research and there's an implicit trust there. Remember what I said about we guard what we put out diligently, what we're not sure of. We speak and tell people right away. Now, you can feel, rest assured, that the people that we're going to throw the stuff on the screen right away when they put it in there, it is people that have earned the trust of politics done right. Uh, Julie Van Astel, welcome aboard. Let's see what else we got. Dimitri OG, welcome aboard, Dimitri. I don't think I've seen you in a while. Let's see who else we got here. Uh, Norman, I think I call up Brother Norman. Folks, Norman was the designer, the engineer, the person who made my back fence a, a, a successful project. So let's all thank Norman, not only for the voice of it's worth it, but also for making the, 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 for being able, for me to be able to get that new fence on the back of my house affordably. Remember, I'm just an activist now. No longer a software developer, software engineer, none of that anymore. Just a mere activist. Thank you, Norman. And folks, thank Norman for me. He's helped us make sure we can keep this stuff on air. Lee Grant, how are you doing, my conservative brother? You're going to like the woman that we interviewed today, so stick around. Uh, let's see. Any? Let's see. Eric Hayes, how much did your fence cost? I don't know, but uh, I can tell you one thing. I didn't have to pay labor because Roberto Lewis and, of course, Norman, uh, our engineer, did it. And Roberto did a lot more. Roberto got a lot of trees done. So thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Okay, I got to get busy and get the first thing going. So let's listen to Miss Tamsin. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, I have a very special guest. You know, I always have special guests. Today, we are with Dr. Tamsin Rosenwasser. And I tell you, she earned her medical degree from Washington University in St. Louis after putting herself through medical school. So she knows a little bit something about working hard, like I work going to school too. She's a board certified in internal medicine and also dermatology and has practiced emergency medicine as well. Dr. Rosenwasser served as president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, AAPS is the acronym, in 2007 and 2008. She has written numerous articles and opinions, editorials, and has been a guest on many media broadcast shows. She is currently writing a book on medical practice. My daughter's studying medicine, so she'll be elated to read that. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Dr. Rosenwasser. How are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you, Egberto? And thank you for having me. I am doing just fine. Of course, uh, you know, the big hoopla right now is critical race theory and everybody is jumping on the bandwagon. And then I get this, this uh, thing that you wrote and I'd like to go through it with you and you're going to tell me about your thoughts. And I just want to see where the heads of many of our brothers and sisters that aren't necessarily in agreement with me where their heads are. So let's get started. Talk to me. What do you define? How do you define critical race theory, first of all? It's an abstractionism applied to all human beings without the benefit 
of considering experience and individuality. And like other illogical abstractions applied to human beings, such as the Marxist idea of the proletariat and capitalists, it will fail just as they have always failed. But if it's allowed to keep on, it will produce what they produced, namely corpses. Okay. That was a very strong statement. And that is exactly what I read in the, from the beginning of your piece. One of the first things that you used was Karl Marx. Um, without going into Karl Marx theories or anything like that, why, why do you think those people who are opposed to the teaching of critical uh, race theory, why do you think they jumped to the Karl Marx proletariat versus um, capitalist uh, type of a, um, why do they go into that modal right away? I think it's because critical race theory in the same way divides people mm -hmm. arbitrarily into two groups, mm -hmm. oppressors of one skin tone and oppressed of another skin tone. Okay, let me stop you right there because what I want to do is recognize that you are a doctor and I like the way you said that, to be very honest with you, because you know, as I know, uh, hue, the color of one's skin, the only validity it has is for creating false differentiation. Because as a doctor, you know that from an anatomical point of view, we are, for the most part, interchangeable, correct? Absolutely. And if we were, if we were deaf and blind, we wouldn't even know whether what someone's skin hue was. Thank you. Uh, so the reason the reason I the reason I wanted our audience to know that is because um, the, the the going thought is that is that anybody who opposes critical race theory they're racist. I don't think you're a racist at all. I read your piece and I said I don't agree with uh, the concepts that you come up with, but I think the hoopla that's being made on critical race theory right now. That is its intent. In other words, its intent is to create that division. But I can have a civil conversation with you because you already know the basal nature of humanity. So we don't have to discuss that. We can actually discuss it on technical terms. So continue, please. Right. I think Dr. Ben Carson uh, expressed it well when he said that when he peels back someone's scalp and takes a piece of their skull out to operate on their brain, he wouldn't know whether the brain belonged to somebody with a darker skin tone or a lighter skin tone. Right. Now, the, what's important here, doctor, is the following, okay? Um, the, my, one of the first questions I asked is, why did, did, did your interpretation of critical race theory immediately migrated to Karl Marx? And you said, this re reply that you gave me gave me an indication that you and I have different definitions of what that is, what critical race theory is all about. And my question to you then is, uh, how, where did you find your definition of what it really means? There's a young man called Christopher Rufo, who is the evangelist of, uh, evangelist of alarmism, alarmistness on this issue. And I think he has, he has found the oddballs on critical race theory, like we can find the oddballs on anything to really put into the people's psyche that it is what it is. And so my, my question to you again is, where were you getting your definition of critical race theory? I've gotten it from people who espouse it. Mm -hmm. Ex example. Who say that one half, what or one group of humanity are by their skin tone ipso facto oppressors and others according to their skin tone are ipso facto oppressed that is how I, i've heard i've heard that a lot on fox news i've heard that a lot on oan i've heard that a lot on newsmax um let me ask you this way if i told you that i believe uh, that we must teach some sort of critical race theory. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not an, I'm not an academic. Okay. I'm not an academic at all, 
But I need people to understand the genesis of the country. I need people to understand all those issues. And that I, in, in knowing the genesis of this country, I don't look at you as a white person as the proletariat. I'm not the proletariat, but the, 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 uh, the oppressor. I don't look at you as the white person, as the one who wants to do harm. But I do look at some white people that way. Not you, not most. And I think that, and tell me, wh why is it that you believe that all of us who may want to talk about this issue somehow want to make you feel guilty or anything of that nature? I don't think that anyone who wants to talk about problems that arise between people of different skin tones uh, is talking about critical race theory. I think they're simply talking about some problems that do occur. And I have at times met up with people who made derogatory comments. For example, I grew up in Washington, D.C., which is majority Black, and I've known people of African ancestry from earliest infancy. And if someone said something derogatory, I would simply say to them, I really don't think you should talk about my brother-in-law's people that way. Now, it, it happens that I don't have a Black brother-in-law, but I resented the fact that these people thought that I would hold my fellow human beings in disregard simply because of their skin tones. And you just made my point. You just made my point. And what I mean is that if there, there is a certain group of people who feel comfortable when they are in that group of your tone, that it's okay to say certain things. And the reason they feel that it's okay is that in certain places or certain, in certain groups, it's okay. Remember how I premised the program. I don't think you're a racist and you proved it, right? So, um, so what, I, what I think is important is for us to realize that not because Dr. Tamsin Razan Wasser is a good person and to put it bluntly, most white people, most black people, most people, most people generally are good persons that we can't acknowledge that the power in this country, in my humble opinion, is not made of people like Dr. Tamsin Wasser. And I tell you, I think you've, you've also alluded to that when you've stated, made certain statements about how bad our medical system is, which is run by the big powers, right? More and more it is run by. It's run by medical corporatists. And that is a long story, but it arose out of government takeover of medical care. Mm -hmm. If it weren't for a huge pot of government money, we would not have medical corporatists running hospital systems. I think we better hold that subject, but I'm, I'm going to want to talk about that, but we better hold that subject a bit because you're going to disagree there, but, and I think in the long run, you're going to agree with me on that one as well, but let's, let's, let's stay on critical um, race theory right now. Um, one of the things that, one of the notions, and I think I kind of felt that inside of your article as well, is that you believe that anybody wanting to teach these types of subjects or attempting to, to divide or victimize some and make, make some feel guilty. Is that correct? I think that's true. I think that people in school systems have expressed that. And I think that the people who are critical race theorists believe that also. I don't, I think there's a difference between speaking about any problems that people of different skin tones have with, with one another and critical race theory are two different subjects. And I also think that more and more, for example, people in the South eventually said to themselves, yes, these are our fellow human beings. Yes, we should treat them as, as if they are our fellow human beings. And as I say, from earliest childhood, I have been, um, close to many people of African uh, descent. And they've been very kind to me. So no. I always got a good impression. <laughs> no, I mean, look, it, it, is, it is ironic because I mean, I, I, it, it's interesting to me many times when 
a white person like yourself says that, um, well, you know, uh, people in the South have come to the belief that, okay, yeah, they, they are, they're, they're humans after all. Do you see if, if, if the roles were reversed that, uh, you know, somebody won't take so kind of like, oh, you finally realize we're human? It's just now that you're realizing that. It, and now things are going to be okay because your supreme power now says that we're human, so we are now. Do you, do you feel that if, do you see how that has some sort of, a, that would create some sort of a pushback? Well, I think that... No, put yourself in the, in the place. Put yourself in the shoes. Tell me. I've been in those shoes. Okay. As a woman, you know, exactly. As a woman. As a woman. Yes. And what have I done? I worked and I also, uh, I, I, I simply, um, uh, if, I wouldn't say joked, but I simply replied at the time that things occurred. Right. And sometimes in, in ways that uh, caused some silence in the uh, operating room. Um, but I think that we have to treat one another as individuals because there's no way of treating people otherwise. We, we are all individuals. You know, your kind heart gives you the ability to say that. Now let's talk about the po political heart of the country. Um, first of all, do you believe America uh, is a racist country right now? No, I would say not. Okay, good. That's fine. That's good. Do you think America was founded on racism? No, I don't. I think that the fact let, let, is... No, no, I, I agree. I, I, I promise you I'm going to let you finish that. I just want to... Okay. I just kind of want to go through that. Um, you don't believe America was founded. Do you also think that, uh, that our economic system uh, is has is and was designed for us all i think that in general uh government and state are two different things alfred j knock wrote a book called our enemy the state in which his theme was that there are always there is always a group of people who assume power and attempt to exploit other people. That occurs all over the world. For example, I mean, talking about Marxism, the, the people who uh, ruled Russia, which was a very poor country where people stood in line to buy a rotten potato, they lived in dashas and, and ate fine food and drink. And the same is true of the Kims in Korea and uh, the people who rule China. I think that, as I mentioned in the piece, the philosophy of Jesus Christ has been one of the, has been the best thing because Jesus Christ said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that is where I, it, it always surprises me. You, as a good Christian, uh, would actually make a darn good socialist. Because, <laughs> and I'm serious, because Jesus, in effect, was a socialist. I'm going I'm to give you some interesting points here. That I, the, the reason I asked you a few questions here, okay? Now, America's foundation, the foundation of America and its richness came about in one of the most draconian ways possible. Do you agree? The American Revolution was the only revolution so far in history that did not substitute one tyrant for another, but instead substituted God, our creator, as the giver of rights. Okay, I'm, I'm glad so, you said that. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Because now let's move a little bit further. All right. Our founders, our founders, our founders, and their sub, I don't, I shouldn't call them subjects in this case, but the people who run did many things, right? We enslaved people and had them work for free. We, uh, we, this, 
we dismantled the, and, and by the way, this is not Dr. Tamsin, Rosin, Wasser fault, nor do I think you're guilty of any of this. I'm going to clarify what I'm trying to say a bit later. Uh, but we really committed genocide. You agree with that, correct? Uh, the guy who wrote the hymn, no, no. Amazing Grace, how, what a wretch he was, he was the captain of a slave ship. Now, just imagine seeing human beings die in agony and thinking nothing of it. Right. And yet that happened, that has happened since the dawn of history. I, oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, you're right. I mean, look, here's yeah. an issue, uh, issue, doctor. I don't ever want people to believe that I believe evil is a white thing, a white people thing. Because as you and I know, one, race is a social construct, and two, human beings are human beings are human beings. I am right. talking now about actions. I am saying, can we acknowledge that our the, 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 the offsprings of our founders and prior committed genocide in this country? Can we, can we accept that treaties that were signed with scores of original natives of this country were disavowed when riches were found in these lands that we even got, we, that we ceded to them after them owning it? I mean, one of the things of, that, that, that I want to know is why should we all let all our people know all about what we were and all that we have atoned for and still need to atone for, for the Chinese, for black people, for the native people, for all of those. And how, how else can we acknowledge that offset in wealth of one group of people from another when it's based on particular issues of hue? You and I know hue shouldn't matter, but it was the defining factor in this country. I would say that the people... First of who, all, do you agree? That's the first question. Do you agree that everything that I just said was true? I agree that there have been huge injustices toward Native Americans, toward people... Uh, do me a favor. Put your head up higher. I mean, we want to have your whole beautiful face in that square now. Come on. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Yes, go there have been. There have been. And... Uh, the founders were born into a system of slavery. If you look back at slavery, um, you know, going on forever, but uh, Arabs went to Africa across the I read the that in your piece as well, yes. Right. Okay, so these people were born into a system of slavery, and then the question becomes, what, what do we do about it? And they realized it was wrong. As many of us realize things we are doing are wrong. Uh, in the case of Thomas Jefferson, I think that he was unwilling to give up the financial benefits that he got from slavery. Right. In, in the case of George Washington, his wife was the one who brought most of the slaves. And in George Washington's will, he manumitted all of his slaves. And those older than a certain age were supported by his estate until their natural death. And those younger were taught a trade so they could support themselves. Now, do you see, do you see, do you, do you understand supremacy now? Do you understand that are these, all these, these slaves that you're talking about, their freedoms, their humanity was determined by these particular white men, as opposed to given by God, as you spoke about before. Though you said earlier, uh, one of the, uh, we were the first country where our rights was not delegated from a king or some entity, but by God. Okay, agreed. But then at the same time, we had these white men who, not God, but they were determining the humanity or when the humanity or free humanity began for these others. I am, I am just, I am not trying to blame our current crop of people for this. I'm trying to say this was a genesis and there are implications that occur from this genesis. And I, I think unless we teach this, 
we can repeat the same mistakes again. And uh, I, I don't want us to look at critical race theory as some sort of Marxism. Now, I, look, I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I'm a democratic socialist of the type that you would see in Scandinavian countries and all that sort of stuff. Not the kind of scary thing that you, you hear people talk about on the right, but I am for making sure that you, Dr. Tamsin Rosenweier, I mean Wasser, can actually serve people the way you know they should. We're not going to go into that right now because it's another long subject, but you understand where I'm coming from. Right. Now, um, one of the strange things about it is that some of the first slaves in the Caribbean were the Irish because the English invaded Ireland in 1169. Exactly. I mean, you're right. Uh, but they died so soon because they were so white. So they imported black Africans. And the fact is that it is good to know the history, which so many people do not know. Right. See, the other question is, where do we go from here? Do Thank we, you. Yes. Where do we go from here? Do we, do we spend our time focusing on everything ugly or do we take what is good and run with it that is where exactly let's let look we can only run in my humble opinion with what is good if we know our past i don't think january 6 look uh people people really love to hate on the january 6 invaders of the capital right i i don't on my show I tell people, these are also good people. They've just been fooled. They, they're just fighting for something, for something, for some, they're fighting for somebody who isn't going to give them the thing they think they're going to get. They can't, what's that? Who? Who is that? Who, who are they fighting for? Right. They're fighting for plutocrats. They're fighting for those people who have maimed us. They're fighting, and when I say maimed, I'm talking about economically maimed us, including you as a doctor. I looked up your, your, you know, all the good work that you do. I mean, so what I'm saying is that our system is designed. Our, the system by design hurts most people. And go ahead. Um, I see you want to say something. See, I would say the system by design does not hurt most people, but human beings being what they are, uh, we're just like all the rest of the uh, animal kingdom. We want to be lazy. And it's uh, eternal vigilance. Have you seen that for real? Liberty. You know what I see, uh, doctor? Every time I, I work, I, I work out of a home studio now. Okay, but I, I also work for NASA. I'm a software engineer and I, I have software that's on the space station. So I'm not one of those lazy people or anything like that. But um, the guys, I just came from giving guys some garbage because they, you know, we had to do a fence and they had to pick up tons of garbage. And these are guys making less than the $15 an hour and they're running behind a truck packing garbage. When I drive out and I drive around Houston, no matter what neighborhood, I see people at bus stops and getting menial wages. I think it's a myth, in my humble opinion, that people are lazy. That's not what I see. I see people working for much less than what they're worth. And you know how I know that for a fact? Because Jeff Bezos, who does little work, has over $200 billion. And he didn't make that. Do you know what, what, what's on my trash can? I have a sign on my trash can, and it says, quote, my trash collectors do more work before lunch than Joe Biden has done in half a century. I told you you were progressive. I told you you were a liberal. <laughs> You just don't know it. Let me look. Let me tell you something. One of the reasons I love talking to my right wing brothers and sisters, right, is because what we realize is that we have a hell of a lot more in common than apart. And, and, and what we're trying to do is fit something within an ideology that's a failure. And uh, go ahead. You wanted to say something. OK, well, you, you said that I could be a socialist. The, the, the difference here is that. Uh, the socialists and the communists and so forth. No, no, let's stick with socialists. Let's stick with socialists. All right, we'll stick with socialists. There are those who impose socialism. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the kind of socialism that occurs in a family, for example, is based on love, not on power. 
Mm-hmm. The socialists want power, power, Let me stop power. you there, my dear, beautiful lady, uh, doctor. Let me stop you right there, because that is the, that, you know, whenever you're creating an ideology, right? Even if the ideology doesn't, one plus one doesn't add to two, you have to create that fudge. I'm a, I also did differential equations, so, you know, that, that you, you have to fit, you have to try to create an equation that fits the pieces that are non-lit, that, that can't fit, Right. And you just gave that perfect example right there, that the socialists impose on people, but capitalism somehow has to do with freedom, which is not true, right? The biggest capitalist country on the planet after the United States is China. And we know China isn't a, uh, a, a, China is not even a socialist country. It's a communist country, right? And they're capitalists, you know? So my contention is this. It is where do you want the power in if government has the power, you have the ability to vote them out. If a corporation has the power, the shareholders are the ones who discern what happens. And then people say, well, but you can decide not to buy their products or not. No, that's not true. You have to buy oil. You have to buy food. And if ADM is a monarch of food, you have no choice. What you're, what you're missing there is that government has the monopoly on power. No, you know, gov- you, I, for, oh, no, actually, you're right. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. You're right. Government does have the monopoly on power. Who is government again? Government is supposed to be us. Stop right there. Okay. Perfect. We are in agreement. So who has all the power? You've, you've called them plutocrats. We, have, we need to have a way of better controlling people in government. Stop. You're, again, we're in agreement. We're in 100% agreement. And how do we do that? I think we need term limits. And I think we need a more involved citizenry and a citizenry that acts according to thought not feelings and that's called critical thinking thinking yes critical thinking let me tell you um uh doctor we've covered quite a bit in this uh, much longer than i intended to go with you because again i enjoy talking to uh folks that don't necessarily agree with me Unfortunately, I think uh, by the end of this conversation, we, uh, you know, you may not see it quite yet, but we agree on more than you think. And um, and you know, I, I want to thank you for being here. So, what I want to ask you is, tell my audience something that we should, that you would like, have liked me to ask you, or that you would have liked to say that I didn't ask you. I'd like to say that. I'm of Irish extraction myself. I was orphaned at 15 and left with nothing. And although we all do want to relax, we are also industrious and creative and curious from childhood. So there's those two parts of us. And what we need to do is go forward from here and realize that loving one another is the most important thing we can do. Um, I could not agree with you more on that, doctor. Um, I'd, I'd just like to end with a little, a short soliloquy. Um, when I originally read your piece and I'll post it with the blog that goes along with this, at first I became a bit upset and said, I didn't really necessarily want to uh, talk to uh, somebody like yourself. And then I said, wait a minute, that goes against everything that I talk about because I mean, y- your piece immediately went into what I considered a, um, a, convol- a convoluted way of describing critical race theory. And what I try to do with our discussion is to show that we have a lot more in common than we have, than, than, than not. And I think, uh, I think, I hope I've shown that folks like myself does not, and, and most are like me on, my, on, on, on the left, most are just as I am. 
we don't, we are not the caricature of what uh, people who go and talk about critical race theory, etc., are all about. We are not the caricature that you see on Fox News. You are somebody with a voice on the right. I hope that with a, doing a, an interview, a conversation like we've had here, that you can make it known that neither one of us should be making caricatures of each other. It's not worth it. And it just plays into the hands of a system that hurts us all. I think you're absolutely right, but I think that's what critical race theory does. And we, at some other time, I hope can go further into that discussion because one of the things that I think um, was interesting in this discussion that we had is that there was no disagreement in how I described the country. And that is all critical race theory, cleanly, not, not the fringes, not the caricature. That is the intent for folks to understand that redlining has created a deficit that uh, a particular group of people would have permanently unless it's mitigated, that, uh, that there are racial barriers. I've gone through them myself. Uh, when you hear people talk about a person of color having to run twice as fast to get half as far, it is not, it's not a divisive thing. It is just how it is. It's not you we're talking about, but it is in fact systemic. I, I don't think it is systemic because for example, I'm someone who moved to a neighborhood that was almost all black except for the Orthodox Jewish in it. Mm -hmm. And because I see people all over the world coming here and I know that in other areas of the world, there are people, I mean, in South America, there are a lot of people who are of Spanish heritage who look down on the more native Indian people. Of course. No, again, so this is probably the least racist country you're going to find. Um, by the way, I am from that part of the world, so I understand all of that. And what I, what, what I was really trying to do here is restrict our discussion to the United States. I mean, there are a lot of ills all over the world. And this is not to describe, I am here for one reason only. I, we can get things done. And as I mentioned on the 4th of July, I did a blog piece that said the following. We are exceptional not because we didn't enslave people. We're exceptional not because we didn't have genocide. We are exceptional not because we didn't hurt the Chinese. We are exceptional not because of all the damage we've done around the world with our capitalist extraction without return. We are exceptional because I can have a conversation like this with you. And we're exceptional because we try to correct. It's just as it says in America the Beautiful, God mend thine every flaw. And what we must do, my dear doctor, is again, make sure that we keep the conversation going and not only keep the conversation going, but making sure our minds are open. Do you agree? Thank you, Mr. Willies, because it has been a pleasure having a conversation with you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. God bless you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Look, a lot of you don't like uh, that uh, I, I let other people speak. But what I've learned over the years is if you do as much listening as possible, if you do more listening, you can actually get where the person is. The person is also more respectful in hearing what you have to say. And in as much as I didn't have her come out and say, oh, I've seen the light or anything like that, because we had a conversation where she could listen and think. There's much that was said there that it's not going to change her overnight or anything like that, but it will plant seeds. And, you know, it's not only planting seeds in her, but other conservatives who hear progressives like us speak to another conservative without name-calling or without whatever, it's not going to be with everybody but it will make a difference. The plutocracy depends on me getting somebody like her and going crazy about 
what she is saying because it'll keep the conflict going and us not see who the real enemy is, our economic system, and the economic system that is based on, based on destroying the humanity among people and then moving forward. Before I go any further, I have to remember, folks, please, if you're with us, please click that join button and become a member of Politics Done Right, the PDR Posse. Become a member of the PDR Posse and also get one of our mugs. One of our mugs designed by one of our PD Posse, PDR Posse leaders, Bridge MCP. So just go ahead and get it at that link that I have there. Also, 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 please, if you're not seeing the join button on YouTube, please consider going to politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube to become a part of the PDR Posse. Look, we need a thousand people on the PDR Posse, meaning that YouTube, that, uh, that politicsandright.com slash YouTube, and we need a thousand Patreons. I gave you the reasons a few uh, days ago why I have both Patreon and PDR Posse. I need both of them. Uh, please go to politicsandright.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. You can also support us on PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Politicsandright.com slash PayPal. You can get our stuff at our stores like our t-shirts, our hoodies, all that good stuff. Hats, face masks, books, all of that at our store. Politicsandright.com slash store. Politicsandright.com slash store. And if you want to get our books. And there's a, look, the books are chronological. Starting with, as I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to uh, right-wing doom. Then our It's Worth It, How to Make Your Right, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Friends, Relatives, and Neighbors. And then you have How to Make America Utopia books. You can get that at politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. Uh, let's see. Bri says, yep, I didn't know the difference, Egberto. Uh, what do you mean? I didn't know the difference of what, um, uh, Bridge. I'm not sure what we're talking about. Okay, uh, let's see what else we got here. Look, a lot of uh, messages came in over the time. You know, we'll talk of that over time. If you have something specific that I didn't answer, you know how to reach me. Just drop me a line. Anyhow, let's see. Right now, it's at 49. I can play uh, another piece. I can play the piece by Joy Ann Reed. Uh, we're talking about Nicole Hannah, Nicole Hannah Smith. Well, Nicole Hannah Jones, I'm sorry. And what occurred to her with UNC. And, you know, she made a mention about, oh, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube uh, the posse is, is all done by YouTube. And the patron is all done by the company called Patreon. They're all, they all support people that do what we do. Now, what we do is we make sure we have both of them. And the reason why is every now and then, one of them either go out of business or one of them do something that, oh, you're, you're, you, you missed something or whatever. So we want to make sure that we have different sources of income coming from different companies, meaning we don't centralize on not one company anymore. I gave you the guys a story about losing 90% of our, our advertising, actually 90% of our income period when Facebook and, and YouTube changed their policies. Anyhow, let's go ahead and listen to Joy and Reed here and then we'll come back. Yesterday, Joanne Reed decided to tell an un inconvenient truth about our founders. You know, everybody has their good side and their bad side. Let's not idolize people. Let's just speak the truth and talk about what our inception was all about. Talk about how we move forward from here. I want you to listen to this, and then uh, we'll take it on the other side. This is rather important stuff. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Suddenly, I mean, they'll start paying attention. How do we don't know it doesn't, right? Because these schools only care about money. And let's, let's just remember, the right is in this war to suppress right. information. They're so terrified that Americans can't handle the truth about the founders. It's like kind of ipso facto. No kidding. These people were doing fine from 1619 right. on until the, seven, the 18th century. What changed? Well, they made a lot of money. They were enjoying the fruits of their labor and didn't want to share it with the king. This isn't going to crush too many Americans that have half a brain uh, and enough security to understand that people can you know, be villainous 
and also right. do a few things that are great. I think that most Americans are mature enough, but unfortunately, the Republican Party is not mature enough to be able to hold those two ideas in their heads at the same time. So they're panicking because what's happening is that black people, we're really not interested in the BS any longer. We're not right. going to take your pabulum version of history. We're not going to take your sing-songy storybook history. We want the truth. And it's not just black folks. A lot of young Americans of all races are saying, give us the truth. Stop treating right. us as if we're not mature enough to handle it. I read Nicole Hannah-Jones' statement with, like, the ether beat in the back of my mind. Yes. But I want to read this one last part and get your thoughts on it. You know, she said, my commitment to you has not wavered. I just will continue to do as I have in the past as an alum of the school and not the faculty. I hope that you will consider Howard or another HBCU if you ever seek a new educational home. But whatever you do, I know you will continue to fight for justice. That that was sort of her Suge Knight moment of saying, like, look, if you tired of people all up in your videos, messing with your academic career, come to an HBCU. Joy, do you think that message is going to resonate and that more students are going to come out of senior year and say, hey, I'm going to an HBCU? But hold on a second. That was written and that was directed at Dean King, who's a top yes. dean at UNC. So if she starts to get faculty to start coming to Howard, I mean, let's be let's just be clear. Howard University just pulled a coup. You want to talk about a coup? Right. This is January 6th, right? The attempted coup. That one failed. This one succeeded. For Howard University right now, they could start to attract top academic talent yes. in terms of students, but also in terms of faculty. And those faculty are very highly sought after, as you know, being an academic uh, guy yourself. If people start saying, you know what, where I want to be is where Nicole Hannah-Jones and Ta-Nehisi Coates are and the amount of endowment money they're going to be able to put in place. And other HBCUs are going to start to compete. You have now created a, cre a creative marketplace at HBCUs that hasn't been this hot since the 1950s. So right. I am excited to see whether or not that marketplace produces incredible financial and academic results for Howard and for other HBCUs. And sorry, uh, UNC, you dropped the bag sometimes sometimes when bad things happen you can actually get good things out of it the phrase used to be make lemonade out of a lemon and that is what we have here it probably turns out for uh, Nicole Hannah Jones uh, that this was a better move altogether but most importantly in this segment what uh, Joanne Reed did was pointed out the fact that, look, Americans can take the truth. Let's stop lying to Americans about our history. Let's stop lying to Americans about our exceptionalism. Let's stop lying to America of all of these things. We are, we, we are a good people if we just allow ourselves to be. We don't need to worship our beginning. We just need to move forward on what makes us good. Absolutely so. Anyhow, we are coming up to close time. And I have another video, but I'm going to have to hold that other video until tomorrow because it's, it's going to run into the wrong time. So let's see what I got here. Instead, I'm going to go up and see. Brit uh, says, Egberto is trying, I think, to make her understand we have more in common. Personally, I don't think I could do this this long. Actually, we all could. Uh, we just, it, it, look, let me tell you, I was a hothead, okay? I just learned how to, I taught myself how to listen. And I don't mean just let folks talk and then say what I want to say. I mean, if you notice, when I came back with her after whatever long statement she made, I actually listened to what she said. And by listening to what she said, I could come back and not match what, what it is, but ask her questions about what she said in the context of what I wanted to put out there, like when she said, uh, "We are the only country who didn't uh, get who the people didn't get the power from uh, a monarch or anything else. They got the power from divinely from God. God gave them that inalienable right." And make it, her making that statement and me listening gave me the proper segue when she started to say, "George Washington's wife." For, uh, kept the slaves and then afforded them freedom when Thomas Jefferson afforded his slaves freedom suddenly I could make the connection with her true beliefs which was that we are great because we were the only country whose inalienable rights came from God not from some monarch to say wait a minute 
So what do we say about the founders who were the ones who decided when to give humanity to these people they had in bondage? That was her immediate fight among the brain cells in her mind. That had to leave a Confucius in there. We listen and we, we, we are generally able, if we are right, if, what, if, if our beliefs are correct, if you give that person enough latitude, the contradictions between their beliefs, it's not the contradiction between you and them. It's between them and them. And that is something they finally realize they have to come to some sort of a resolve with. You cannot resolve that the inalienable rights came from God. We are exceptional because we are the only country where the inalienable rights came from God. And at the same time, reward the founders who were the ones who, they say now, relegated the freedoms to the slaves. And the only option for you not to say that slave got inalienable rights is to then go against what you previously told me that you honestly believe all human beings, irrespective of hue, are interchangeable. So there was that complete cyclical place that we took her, and that is something she will have to resolve as people other people, hopefully, who've heard this start, start of a debate are able to put into their psyche. So what I'm saying, folks, is it takes time. But if you want to be, if, you, if you're not just trying to be right, because you are, if you're also trying to make a change, that is the kind of thing that it's take. What I told uh, several people that, that, you know, other places is, I sit back and make people convince themselves of themselves because they want to be right. So might as well be right with yourself. Folks, please go ahead and become a member of our team. Please click that join button and become a member of the Politics Done Right Posse. Please go ahead, if you don't see that join button, to go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Uh, alternatively, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is for P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Alternative, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. That is how you can ensure that what we do, that what we do, more people will do as well. Look, the plutocracy, the powers that be, the oligarchy, the, the, the portion of government that is bought, they don't want this type of civil conversation where we can address people and where we earn respect among people. They don't want this. They really don't. They can't have this. Yesterday, there was a white kid that got killed in, I think it's in Arkansas or one of, one of these southern towns. I'm going to go about a couple minutes late. And a white kid was wrongfully murdered by cop. And today, it, it didn't make the news as it should. It was a white kid. And you know what, me? But what we got was Al Sharpton and the lawyer, I don't remember his name, out there in Arkansas talking to a whole Trumpist crowd in the church with them clapping for uh, clapping and, and hooraying for Sharpton. Because in that one issue, when that 17-year-old year kid was murdered by cop, yes, black kids suffer much more by cop, but poor white kids do as well. Not as much. But like I've said all the time, our brothers in Appalachia, that wasn't Appalachia, but close enough, the ghettos and the barrios, when we unite, that is how we win. That is how we win. And what Sharpton did by going into that white neighborhood, what he did 
by presiding over. He was given the pulpit. I'll put it in. Yes, I will. He was given the pulpit in this church. And one of the dignitaries on the stage was that black lawyer who's been defending a slew of these murdered by cop human beings. And that is what it's going to take. They don't want that. They don't want that. And people, that is where we got to go. That is why we have to stay on here because they can't all do it on MSNBC, CNN, or all these other places. But this is where we have, this is how we're going to make change. We're going to make change from talking to the people, to the people that think they're in disagreement with us. But as Michael Rodden has always said as well, if you look at the polls, we're more in sync than many people think. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.